please subscribe, hit that like button, rate and read the pod on Apple Podcasts, and let me know what you guys think in the comments. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode of The Boss Sauce. Today, I have Rosa, founder and owner of iconic Brave brand line, Rolita Couture. Welcome to the show, Rosa. Thank you, Renee. <laughs> so, Rosa, can you tell us how Rolita Couture got started and its origin story? Well, we started in... 2013, we're about to be 10 years. That's amazing. Congratulations. I started because when I moved to the U.S. in 2008, I didn't know any English. So the first job I could get was a housekeeper. And I didn't want to do that forever. So I studied as a for nursing assistant, but I never even got an interview. I applied to 40 jobs. I never got anything. So one day my husband told me, why don't you start a business? And I told him like, no, I'm going to school because I was studying something else and I was working. So I didn't have the time to even start a business. And then a few months passed by and his idea got stuck in my head. So I decided to start it. Why not? I wasn't going to lose anything. So here I am 10 years later. That's so inspiring. How did you figure out that you wanted to start specifically a a brave clothing line for women? Well, it, I didn't know that's what I wanted because... I didn't know how to sew. I didn't know how to do anything, but that was mainly his idea because we were like on Instagram scrolling and we were seeing like all the rave gear with the tutu, the brass. And he was like, you're very talented. You're creative. You should start doing that. And I was like, well, why not? So that's how I started. It wasn't even like a dream to start a rave company. <laughs> wow. So you didn't even know how to, to sew or create clothing at all? Nothing. I started learning. So I started doing the tutus and the like the face, the face, the rhinestone on the brass. So you don't even need like skills. But I started learning how to sew like two years in when after we started the business. I started the business. Yeah. What what made you realize that you had to elevate your skills and learn how to sew? Because I didn't want to be just gluing rhinestone all the time. I was doing the like raw folds on the brass and different things, but it was mainly with glue. And um, so I didn't want to do that forever. And I wanted to stand out and do more things for, for the customers. Wow. So at the same time, you were studying to become a CNA. Is that correct? No, I started CNA. Um, I don't remember the year, but it was before that. But because I didn't get like any job interview or anything. So then I started to study something else. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when you when you started Related Tour, did you go all in on it and quit your um, CNA job? Or were you doing this kind of like on the side? No, no, no. I was I was a housekeeping still because so I studied it. So, okay, I moved here in 2008. I learned English because you need it, of course. But I was still a housekeeper. And then I studied for the nursing assistant, but I didn't get any jobs. So then I started learning something else. And then I started the business. So oh, I've wow. been like all different kind of things. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So uh, how did you make that transition from going to being a housekeeper to starting your own business and elevating your skills? Well, it was it was it was good because, you know, like something new, it gives me another passion. It gives me a purpose in life. It gives me something that I want to do, not just do dumb things. Right, right. And, and then in the end, too, it's it's yours. Like, it's something that no one can really take away from you. So what, what what do you say to people that want to 
leave their nine to five jobs, but are scared to because they don't want to lose like their benefits. It is hard because I was working as a housekeeper, but at a hospital. So I have 401k, I have insurance, I have PTO, all the benefits. So when I quit, I quit a year after where I started Rolita Couture, uh, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have PTO, no salary, nothing. So it's it's really hard. But I think you should go for it. If you feel like your job, your business is going and there is something good about it, you should go for it and quit your job. Wow. So you completely left and started really yeah. Couture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any savings saved up at the time? Well, I, <laughs> I did something kind of dumb, but it also helped me. And I don't, I don't regret it because it was good. So I was working, doing the business and also going to school. So I was sleeping like a few hours and I wasn't healthy at all. So I was like, I need to leave because I cannot be driving with just three hours of sleep because it's going to be dangerous. But I took all of my 401k money, pay all my debt, pay my car, pay everything. And then I went to the business. Oh, wow. So so you had a plan going into it. It wasn't really a plan, <laughs> but I needed to start the business. Well, I was already had the business, but I needed to be by myself without like debt, without debt. So I could whatever little money that I will make is what's going to be for me, not to pay debt. Wow. And at this point, were you married to your husband, Eric? No, 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 no. no. Uh, so we started dating in January 2013. And I started Rolita in September 2013. But we were just like girlfriend and boyfriend. Oh, so he wasn't even helping you with the business. No, 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 no. No, because I was doing the 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 custom. So that's kind of a little bit hard to get help to do like the rhinestone and have whatever I have in my head. So that was a little bit difficult. He joined in 2017, like full time, full time, because he was helping me before that. That's amazing that you were that he was able to go full time and run the business with mm-hmm. you. How has how how is that working with your spouse? It's fun. Uh, sometimes we don't talk. He has his own things to do. I have my thing to do. So, but we like it together. We're like twenty four seven together. But it's not that bad. It's fun. <laughs> I like it. We get we have a good relationship. So that's why it works. Yeah, and I think that's so important. What are your roles with Relief Couture? And then can you tell us, if you don't mind, what his roles are? Mm, so I take care of everything that is social media. I do the designing. And what else I do? I do a lot of things. But those are like my main, main focus besides everything. Sometimes when we have a lot of work, I sew too to help to get rid of some of the, the work. I do shipping sometimes and do inventory sometimes yeah but those those things are like once in a while uh his main thing to do is cut fabric because we're still cutting manually and he does that he does customer service he take care of everything that is uh about the wholesale he's the one who take care who talks to the customer make sure we have the fabric and all that oh wow so he takes he he's like the wholesale like department Mm -hmm, it sounds like Mm -hmm. and then it sounds like you kind of take care of everything but mainly the design and social yeah, media yeah the phone stuff <laughs> I, I don't like that. the serious side no yeah and is right now is it currently you two or you have employees right uh we have two employees right now like uh well 
two seamstresses, but I have two virtual assistants. Yeah, one virtual assistant, one uh, designer, graphic designer. Yeah, so it's going to be four and those two. Wow. So at what point did you realize that you needed to hire employees? Uh, when the orders come, keep coming in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because well, everything changed once we moved to Vegas, because in Houston, it was just me and him. Oh, we have so much work in Houston, but we were like barely sleeping or anything. So I don't want to go back to that time that we were sleeping two, three hours a day because we had so much work that we have to do. Uh, his mom helped my brother, my mom, my aunt, whoever could help us, like family, mainly, they will go and do it. But then in here, because we were getting so much work with IHRA, Ray Wonderland, our own retail, so we needed like, oh, we need to hire more people so we can do all this. Wow. So when it was just you and Eric, how many orders were you guys taking care of um, like a week on average or a month? Well, in, oh, it was a lot in Houston. I don't even know how many pieces we would make, but it was, it was, there were like bigger orders, like huge. And it was just us doing everything. And he was cutting and I was downstairs sewing. But it was, I don't know how many pieces we would make a month, but. Or I guess, what would you say is a, a big order for people that hmm. don't know? Over like a thousand pieces. Wow. Like, or, yeah. And before we would make it in a month and then we would have to deliver now we make it in two weeks because it's they keep the orders keep coming so but it's a smaller quantities it just there is like one collection is a smaller but then you have another collection to do so it's like one next to the other one. Oh wow when you launch new collections how many pieces do you generally have to make for my retail store i do 10 per size so six sizes 16 and then i do like about 12 style, about 12 style. Yeah. So do the math. <laughs> uh, and, and, and 10 per, per size, Ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you're a very in, um, inclusive line. So you don't just have small, medium, large. You have mm -hmm. sizes raising from, I believe, um, XXS mm -hmm. um, all the way to, to three, 3XL. We're doing now 3XL. Mm -hmm. But for like extra small and 3XL, we do only three pieces. It's just smaller because we don't get that many customers with those sizes. It's mainly medium and large. And depending on the style, it will be XL to XL. We get like a few small, but not that many. Oh, wow. But that still adds even more to all of the um, to all of the pieces that you already have to make. Um, how how big of um, how big of an order are normally orders for, like you said, these giant retailers like iHeart Raves and Rave Wonderland? So right now we're doing one for Rave Wonderland, and I would say maybe have like 500 pieces that we have to do mm -hmm. about everything. Yeah, because he got, I think like 12 style too, but everything is like 65 pieces. Yeah. Oh, so it's wow. about like 500. What is the time frame for that? <laughs> well, like two weeks to do all that. Yeah. Because then we have the next one. Then we have like one with her rave. Then we have like another one. Then we have like our own. So we have to try to move as fast as we can. And it's only two girls and me and Eric. Yeah. But they got it. We got it because we have like our little system. So we move faster. Oh, do you mind elaborating on, on that system? I love hearing about like <laughs> business <system>. workflows. <laughs> yes. And seeing how everything works. So it's not like perfect, but it's working for us right now uh, because we're a small team, but it works. So Eric cuts 
all the fabric, he put it on beans, like big beans, for like each style he put it there. And then we do the serging, and then we go to the cover stitch, and then the final step will be one middle. Because it's like three things that you do in some styles. Some you can do everything in one machine, but then you go like three different machines. And then we go packing, and then we send everything. Wow. And wh what happens if, um, like, for example, you guys are currently, like, you're coming out with a new line, and then a surprise email comes from, um, like, a major online retailer. How does that work? Because it's, like, an unexpected order. Is it, do you have a system for things like that when things are short notice? No, we will have to let them know, like, it will take us a month to do it because we're currently working on something else, so they will have to wait a month. Yeah, but usually we do, like, bigger brands like Rave Wonderland, I Have Rave. Uh, those are our main ones right now. Uh, but they wait, like, a month or two weeks or depend depend how is the, the collection going. Depends what we have to do. So, it's, yeah, it is different. Each, thing, each company is different. Oh, wow. But what's your advice for getting into um, these major online retailers or do you do you reach out or do do they reach out to you so with i so each one is different with i Rave because when we, i started i was working with doskill but then i was like i Rave is my main goal that's where i want to be and you know the unicorn so the i Rave unicorn I was trying to like talk to the main girl and I was trying to get in to do my way around. But then with Rave Wonderland, they were the ones who contacted us. And Dollskill too, because I used to start, I started on Etsy. So that's how Dollskill find us on Etsy. But with other little brands, we did a trade show. We have done two trade shows. So that's how they came and find us basically like on the boot. Or they found our website, they found us on Instagram. Yeah. Wow. How long were you on, on Etsy? Uh, so 2013, like five years, about five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it was good to start Etsy, but then was way different than now. It was mainly uh, handmade. Now everybody can do Etsy. It doesn't matter if some you buy it and you're reselling. But before it was easier for us to start a business on Etsy than now. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I haven't used it in that long. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. Um, Because I used to shop on Etsy and that was mm -hmm. how it was before. Um, Definitely more handmade yeah. um, items. And it was usually from um, like solopreneurs. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, shifting over to like the um, production, how do you come up with new ideas for your different clothing lines and coming up with these beautiful designs and outfits? Uh, well, I get a lot of inspiration from my own customers, things that they would like to see. Like right now I'm getting more gears. They want to be more covered. And I'm also like, you know, like on an older age, but I still, okay. <laughs> but so I'm trying to have something with more, a little bit more cover, something at least one thing sexy and something like in the middle. So I try to go based on that. Those are my main like cover, sexy and in the middle. So not showing too much, not to cover. So that's what I'm trying to do now. But I'm working on a collection right now. It's been taking me a while because I'm trying to make the entire collection, all new pieces, something that I have never done before, but I'm getting there. 
<laughs> uh, what do you mean by all new pieces is like never before seen yeah like brand new because when i do a collection i will do like whatever is a good seller from like past collections and then i will make only one style new like one top one bottom new but right now everything is new i think i might add something that i made on the last collection but that we'll see i'm still thinking about it do you take like fashion trends and festival trends like into account when you come up with your new pieces sometimes i do like right now or i bring it back because right now i know like the fan sleeve are trending and the fairy skirts are trendy but i did that back like four years ago so i'm basically like bringing it back and that's it <laughs> but no i like i kind of try to do new new stuff and something that is trendy or something sometimes i just do new things i don't know it depends on the mood <laughs> does it apply to the fabric and the patterns that you choose as well no so the fabric i try to base them on the festival that is coming like oh she's going to this festival so this is going to look good on that festival specifically like right now let's say halloween is coming so i'm trying to go dark I'm doing a black collection, something that I don't do. <laughs> but like before, like if I do my own prints, it will be something that is going with, like according to the next collection. Like EDC is always like something with daisies, just different variations. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I remember in the past you came out with more of a, well, I, I believe it was more of like an athleisure line when you came mm -hmm. out with like joggers and shirts. Um, was that to kind of like test out the waters or is that something that you want to explore again in the future? It was, that was on 2020. <laughs> so it was like, mm, there is no festival. People might need clothes to go to a store and be fashion. So let's try it. But I always wanted to do like regular clothes because I find it hard to find cute things, things that I like because everything I feel like is basic. I don't know. And I want to be different. So, but that one was good. That was a good collection. Maybe I do something because we've been thinking about it, doing like regular clothes, but with cool prints. So maybe, maybe in the future, maybe it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And uh, I love that you brought that up, um, that you made that during like the pandemic, the the more like everyday wear type of line, because it, it sounds like in entrepreneurship, you definitely need to adapt to mm -hmm. whatever is going on just because you have no control over it so it's kind of like work with it rather than against it yeah um, that, yeah mm -hmm. how as a small business owner like how how did that affect you like because obviously that was like a slower time festivals were not happening oh, it was hard it was really really hard mm -hmm. <laughs> we had so when we because we moved in september 2019 and then we started hiring people because we were getting busy we were getting so many orders like i had read we were planning our own thing and we had i think we had like four girls we have four girls yeah so we have to let go three and then we only keep one yeah so that was kind of hard mm -hmm. but we had no option and i was trying hard to keep that last employee but we have to also like let her go and when things started backing up again, I'm like, hey, do you want to come back, <laughs> please? And yeah, she's back. She's been all with us since then. I love that. And simultaneously, you also started the Cosmo Room. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was another plan. <laughs> yeah, and for people that don't know, can you tell us about the Cosmo Room? So what happened, 
uh, that little space that is on front office was going to be my retail shop because I always wanted to have a retail store. I wanted to have my clothes so people can come in, check, try it, take pictures. But 2020 happened. So that dream died right there with everything happening. And I was like, well, since everything is closed, we can do something with the space. I heard about peer space that is similar. It's kind of like Airbnb, but for studios. So I was like, oh, let's try this. Let's try something new. Let's try to get money somehow because we need to pay rent. When rent didn't stop, the credit cards didn't stop. So we have to do something. But it's been fun. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's amazing. I feel like that's another example of having to pivot. Yeah. Um, how has it been with running the Cosmo Room and Rolita Couture at the same time? So we opened the Cosmo Room in 2020, at the beginning of 2021. But then we got busy again with festivals. So when everything came back, EDC came back, we did a pop-up shop and I never cleaned or fixed the office because we did like the grid walls. We did a couple of things for the, for the pop-up shop but I never put it back to rent the space again. And then we were getting busy again with the wholesale or own stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave it. But now, because now things are like, we are in a slow season right now. I was like, oh, let me clean it again <laughs> and let me put it back on the system. So, but I, we got one request today. So that's <laughs> Oh, very nice. Very nice. We yeah. were getting busy. We were getting busy. We got a, a, a lot of bookings for the studio. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I think it's always good to have like another stream of income just in case um, anything were to happen to your main one. Mm -hmm. But you um, you mentioned how you brought back your um, employee that you had to let go of. How do you vet employees? Like, how do you know an employee is right for your company? Well, (laughs) that's a hard, (laughs) that's a hard thing to know, because when you do the interview, 10, 20 minute interview, you really won't know that person until you hire them and you start working with them. But now we do something. So the girl that I got back, that's like our team lead. So when we have interviews here, Eric and I doing the interviews so we can like all read the person and be like, okay, we like the pie. We didn't like it. She said this. I don't, I don't know. So we all look at it, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to find people. To find people that you're going to trust and everything. Over to your marketing, trying to get people aware of Valida Couture. Obviously, influencer marketing and your ambassador program um, have been like integral with Valida Couture. I would know because I was a former ambassador yeah. and have oh, worked yeah. with you. <laughs> I even yes. forgot how that's how we met. <laughs> yes. Um, obviously, in today's day and age, like influencer marketing um, is a very huge thing. How do you find an influencer, a content creator, ambassador that is right for you? How do you know if these, if if if, if a certain person um, is someone that you want to work with? So, like when I'm like scrolling on Instagram, if I find like a girl wearing rave clothes, and then I go to her page and if she have more rave content, then I will follow. I'm kind of like a stalker. <laughs> But that's how you know, like, so you, I start following them, commenting them. Uh, if I see like something back from them and then I ask like, hey, do you want to like, I can tell you something for exchange of content and blah, blah. Like I start working on a relationship before I start asking for something. Because I feel like if I go like, hey, it's like 
because I don't like it when people do it to me. So I'm not going to do that again, like to somebody else. So that's how I do it now. Try to try to get to know them first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Try to build a connection and build a relationship before I start asking for something. But before, because I don't do the ambassador programs anymore, because I wasn't really doing anything for a while. And I see like, mm, I don't know. And I don't know about the whole discount codes now. So I don't know. Things have changed. I would prefer like just to send you something. Let me like invite me as a collaborator in your post or things like that instead of being like a discount code. Right. How how do you or what what do you do if an influencer or a content creator doesn't deliver on what you agreed upon? Well, the only thing I could do is like don't work with them again. I have have a lot of bad experience and I'm like, I don't follow them. <laughs> and I just don't work with them. I'm not going to stress about it. And that's it. They didn't deliver. I mean, I'm what I'm going to do. I'm not going to bash them on Instagram or say thing. I'm like, oh, whatever. Do your thing. I'm doing my thing. So it's okay. Right. And do you have anything in place, um, like a contract or anything like that um, to... Mm-hmm. No, so I had like a like a little guy of thing they have to do, but because I'm the only one doing everything, I don't want to add extra to my work. So I'm like, just send me a picture, five pictures, and one video. And we're good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not like a strict like you know like other big brands or something. I'm just like you send it to me. I will follow up later. But yeah, there's nothing. I don't have anything set up like organized with that um i understand why you wouldn't want to have to do that just because it is going to be extra work for you yeah um i only ask just because from my experience from doing like rave influencing mm-hmm. in the past with a lot of brands they will send you a yeah, a contract mm-hmm. and a deadline and basically saying that you know legal action will be taken if you don't post oh, those no. deliverables mm-hmm. um but i mean what can you do like just send the outfit back I don't know, like asking for money. I don't know. Right. And it's not like you want those yeah. clothes back <laughs> no. after they've worn them. I don't want to be super strictly about it because like I know people got their life, they're busy, they're doing their own thing. So, but I don't know, I should be, I should be mean. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to ask you, like, what do you do when a customer returns an item? Well, that's like Eric's department because I, I get like very like personal when they return something like it hit me like, oh, you didn't like it, but I made it for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, we we get the returns, we get the money back or we do a store credit depending on what they choose to do. Uh, they have like about a week or three days to return it. I'm not sure Eric is the one who does it, but no, yeah, we try to return things or we try to work with them, like like what happened with the office so I can fix if there is something that needs to be fixed for future reference. But yeah, no, we take the returns. Mm-hmm. That, that's good to know. I was always curious what um, small businesses did with things like that. How do you price your items based off of like competitors or is it something that you look at within like the whole industry or do you... Or I guess, how do you prices? How do you price your items in general? Are you having trouble with social media? Need a content creator, a video editor, or need social media management? Well, those are some of the services that I offer. Go to reneeswarrior.com for more. Now back to the show. So the way that you have to do it, um, 
So you have to put all the costs cost for your material, like if they have ring, chain, the fabric, uh, whatever you put in the elastic, every little thing, you have to put it together. When you have that price, then you add the labor, like how many pieces they do in an hour. And then that will be your total. And then you got the wholesale price and then you do the retail price. Because the wholesale is always less than the retail. So they can, when they resell it, they can like make some money. Profit. Out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you come up with the the formula, like the per piece and the labor? Is that like a fashion industry standard? So, or No, I mean, you can like Google it, but because we do the pattern. So whatever, how many in one pattern fixed in one jar, that will be in the cost of the fabric. That will be the fabric cost. But then you have to add like elastic or you have to add the trim or the or whatever extra that you add on the product, on the style. Oh, wow. Depends, so, yeah. so, so like every little single detail. Is- yeah, I don't do it all the time because <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> I, cut, I cut things that I don't want to do and I don't do it. Yeah. How do you approach creative blocks when designing new things like when you run out of ideas what's your process for that oh uh i take a break i don't do anything like i think i had like a i think last year all the entire year i think i was on creative blog because i wasn't making that many things i don't know because there was like a lot of going on we were super busy with getting a lot of order wholesale and everything on our own website so and i was focusing more on administrating the business than being the designer and creating but now i'm going i'm getting back into creating so i think i took like almost like a break a year break mm-hmm. oh wow i did not know that yeah it being it being like a crazy couple months well i think just you being the designer i think that's just a lot of pressure already mm-hmm. yeah especially when like i drop a collection because i know not everything is gonna be good i know but it's still like it hurts because it hurt my feeling, but I mean, probably didn't do well. Maybe people weren't feeling it, so that's okay. Yeah, and I think it's understandable to feel mm-hmm. upset because it is kind of like your blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, and you're, like you you're working so hard. hard. Mm-hmm. And but you know, I think that's just a part of it. Is kind of like trial and error, kind of mm-hmm. seeing what works. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay. We have to keep going. We have to keep creating. Yeah. How do you stay motivated? during the ups and downs of entrepreneurship like for example if business is slow so when it's slow like let's say right now we're getting out of the festival season so this is the time that i use to create like no october november december this is when i'm starting making new patterns new styles new ideas uh but i try not to slow down with the business because I'm the one who is basically providing, making the stuff. So I have to keep going, keep making things new. But when it's like a slow that I'm not feeling well, I will just take a break, you know, and then try to feel better, do something outside the work, outside work. Yeah. So it sounds like for, for example, like for next year's festival season, you're already creating and designing. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because this past week, I was looking at my calendar because I put everything, not like a calendar, but I just write like January, February, the month. And then I put the print that I want to do. And I already have like seven prints. This has never happened before. And I'm proud. (laughs) Wow. That sounds like a lot of progress. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Because I had like a lot of ideas, but they were like work in progress. But now they're finally coming to life, but until next year. 
Oh, wow. That, I mean, once you finally do make those designs, that must be very fulfilling and rewarding. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it takes time to just... So I give my graphic designer what I have in mind, what I, what I want to do, and then she will start making what she thinks that's what I want. And then I'm like, change this, change the color. Let's try this new color. Let's try this. And it takes us sometimes like two, three months to come out with the pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'm going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, graphic yeah, designing. yeah. And she's so good. She's patient with me. Sometimes I'm like, ah, <laughs> but she's really, she's so nice. She's really patient. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So let's talk social media. Um, you have um, over 80,000 followers on Instagram, over 70,000 followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. What's your strategy for creating that community around Related Couture? Just keep showing up, showing up, doing the videos, doing the content, try to work with people, try to connect more with them. Uh, like I said, last year, I, I feel like I took a break from post, not posting because still I have my the girls that were helping me, they were posting for me, they were doing things for me. But I feel like because I was getting help from somebody else, I feel like I was disconnecting from the from the community. So now I'm trying to get back um, again, talking, replying to comments, replying to the DMs, I start showing my face. <laughs> it's hard to make videos and all that thing. So my respect to all the girls who does it. But yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's, I mean, that's why people hire like social media mm-hmm. managers and content creators, um, because it does take, like you said, a lot of the time. And um, do you still have social media or um, a social media team helping you out? Or is it No, it's just you? me. It's just me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to have, but uh, because it wasn't working. So now I'm doing it, everything myself. Like during photo shoot, Eric is now helping me make the videos he didn't like. To go at the video, uh, I'm sorry, to go when I was shooting to make content because he wanted to, you know, like respect the girls, giving them their space. He didn't want to be like, hey, I need a video and then make them feel uncomfortable. But mainly the girls we work with on photo shoot is always the same girls. They know him already. So they're like, fine now. Not like now, but they're like, okay with it that he's going. Right. I always ask. I ask before anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. At least they know that he's a part of the company and that it's strictly work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, there's... and he's respectful. So, yeah, and I'm there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing is going to happen. Yes. And I mean, you do you do so much for the business because I know that you do um, besides the designing and the creation, you're also um, doing the photo shoots, shooting the photos and editing the photos. And um, in a sense, you're also doing like influencer management as well, mm-hmm. trying to get all these girls um, together. How important would you say that um, social media is to your business and getting um, customers and awareness? It is uh, it's important to have it because that's how people are going to know your brand. Like if I want to buy something, like I always will go to their Instagram to see if they're brand is true if there is no going to scam me or anything i try to see like if somebody review the brand like let me see how is somebody tag them let me see it in another girl that is no the model that or the product they're showing on the website so i think it's very important to have social media so other people will see that you're a trusted brand and then it also made you build a community within your brand and then one day something happened you're going to have that community backing you up or supporting you. I love that. And um, I know that you 
also do a lot of email marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would know because I get the emails. <laughs> do you, um, would you say that email marketing has also helped build almost like a, a backup of um, like contacts of customers just in case social media for whatever reason, if, for example, if TikTok goes away, yeah, you would kind of have like mm-hmm. this backlog of like customers to reach out to, like you wouldn't completely lose your connection. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. No, uh, you need email marketing like for sure because yeah, you never know. TikTok is gone. Instagram is gone. You're left with anything if you don't have your email subscriber. So at least with your subscriber, you can be like, hey, something happened, blah, blah, blah. Follow me back or anything. But we get some on with the email marketing too. And now with SMS, we're getting customers too. So that's good. It's a little, like you need to use everything that you can to run the business. Yes. And I'm sorry, SMS. Is that the text, the text messaging? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, the text. That one is a little bit pricey because you get like a your money back. I mean, your... How do you say your return on investment back? So, oh, um, is it okay if you kind of give us a ballpark of how much that is, like an estimate? Uh, I think per text is about three two cents. But when you have like a big list, because I have four thousand people on my list right now, so if I want to send a text to everybody, it will be about two hundred dollars. But it also counts how many letters do you put on your text so you have to be sure you know if you get like a text from a, a brand that's why they make it so short because each thing they charge you for like each character uh-huh yeah and if you put a picture is even charge you more for that oh wow well, i did yeah. not know uh-huh. that that's why i don't take pictures <laughs> oh wow yeah, yeah. and i try to make them short it's hard to make something short how do you want to put so many things that you want to say in like one two lines but, right, right. Like mm-hmm. new collection dropping on this day. Right now, go. <laughs> oh, wow. That is mm-hmm. nuts. I did not know it was per, per character. That makes yeah. it so different. Yeah. But because you get your money back, it's guarantee, basically. So that, I think that's why they charge so much. Mm-hmm. So have you seen a direct correlation with your, like, your, I mean, your com- combined subscribers are like over 150,000. Have you seen a correlation with your sales and your social media going up in terms of followers? Uh, I feel like it doesn't, I might don't get like huge, a huge following or like bigger or more on Instagram because I don't feel like I post constantly. And also, I don't know, maybe because I also, sometimes I feel like that I might be wrong. But I feel because I'm diverse and I have all type of women, people, uh, I feel like that's also why people don't follow me. But I don't know. I might be wrong. It's just me thinking. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's still it's still very big following, yeah. you know, on both platforms. Mm-hmm. How did you know it was time for Relita Couture to get on social media? Since the beginning. I had it since 2013. Basically, I opened, since I opened the Etsy, I opened Instagram. So I basically started them together. But I was, I mean, if you can scroll down all my old pictures and like nothing to compare now, obviously. But it was mainly uh, when I was working on a costume, I would post the costume. Because back then it's not, it wasn't like, oh, you need to post it behind the scenes. So I wasn't even like, and I'm sad about it because I don't have anything like from back then, me like working or doing anything. It's just, you see all my picture bag is just uh, the costume that I did for the customer, not the process. 
Right. And I think now, um, you know, social media has changed where people want to see like the BTS uh-huh. and see what's going on and the um, creation process. What advice do you have for small business owners or people wanting to start their own fashion line? Uh, to go for it, to think different, to try to make things different from everybody else. Don't make your own thing. Don't listen to others and then just do it. It's, it is really hard to be on your own. Because whatever money you make is what are you paying yourself with and you have other things to pay. So, but it's hard, but it's not impossible. I 100% agree. I love that. Um, What do you think is the hardest part about entrepreneurship? Uh, Oof, there's so many hard things. (laughs) Like uh, what I would say, Hmm. being on your own, try to make uh, the money so you can survive and pay for all your, everything that you have to pay, rent, the employees. I think that that's the hardest. How do you determine how much to pay yourself as an entrepreneur? Well, I don't have like a base. Um, even though I have 10 years in the business, I'm still paying myself what I need to survive. Like my groceries, my credit cards, my rent, and the very minimum because everything we put in a bag for the business. I'm... Basically, I live for the business. That might be wrong, but I like it because it's part of my life. And that's what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what a lot of it is, too, is you have to save money for your business because a lot of it um, will go to taxes eventually. Oh, if you're doing yeah. it quarterly or annually, a lot of it is going to go to it's taxes. Job, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a lot of money that even though, yeah, you're making all this money, like selling, doing the wholesale, but you're still spending more money. Because you're growing and then you need it. You need the employees because then you need to sell all the stuff. You need an office because I don't want to go back to work up from home. So it is a lot. Right. Not to mention like different softwares mm-hmm. that you're using. And if you're outsourcing. Oh, yeah. Shopify, all the apps on Shopify, the email marketing, you have to pay for it. The text that I was telling you. Yeah. All the things that at the end is add up at the end of your month. Right. And that doesn't even include like, you putting money aside for savings mm-hmm. or or healthcare oh, or yeah. mm-hmm. um you know or retirement or like if you you know like if you um were to have kids like for your college is your kids college mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's um it, it's a lot and a lot of people don't realize that yeah no it's yeah that's why like you see a lot of entrepreneurs that they pay their mini barely minimum to themselves or they start the business, but they keep their full-time, their nine-to-five job while their business take off. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Yeah, well, <laughs> Even though I took the 401k. <laughs> right, right. And a lot of people don't even pay themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. At the beginning, I wasn't even paying anything to myself. I was like writing it down like, okay, this is how much I owe to myself. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is hard, but it's okay. It's, I like it. I prefer this. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the, the best part of being an entrepreneur? I'm going to sound crazy, but like taking my dogs every day to the office. I think that's about the best part of doing everything, working for myself. Uh, yeah, because then you sit and I like, sit down, they look so cute. And then I can play with them where I feel like stressed about it, about anything. So I like that. And then I'm working for myself. I'm building something for myself. Which is good. Yeah. Well, I, and I think, I, I think you could probably agree too, like, because I feel like for most people, what it is, 
is is that freedom from mm-hmm. from a nine to five. I feel like a lot of it is being like almost kept in chains from a nine to five just because you have to ask for time off. And a lot of times you only get two weeks off yeah. from most jobs. And I feel like the entrepreneurship, um, I, I mean, you may not have the time to take those vacations, yeah. but at least you wouldn't have to ask anybody. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then you can take them when you feel like you can do it. Because we usually take vacation or sometimes when it's a slow season. I will never take vacation in March, April, because EDC right there. So it's more like June, July, August. November is perfect because it's a slow. So, but yeah, it's good. I like it. I like this life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think to add on to that with being an entrepreneur, I feel like there's no cap to how much money you can make. Mm-hmm. Unlike a traditional nine to five, usually whatever you're going to make is whatever you're going to make until your boss gives you a raise the next year. And then you have to ask for it if maybe they give it to you. Yeah. But then in here you can like try to make more sales, try to do the wholesale, try to add more, uh, items to the side so you can try to sell more things and make a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. What would you say are misconceptions about working for yourself? Uh, that you're going to have a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we work Sunday to Sunday and I'm trying to take at least one weekend, of, not even the weekend, just one day off. I think it's not even a day off. It's cleaning the apartment, doing like other normal people would do. But yeah, you work, you work a lot. You work even more than a nine to five. But right now that we're a little bit more stable, we're working from 8.30 to 6.30. So it's a little bit less than before that we were in Houston. But we go Saturday, we go Sundays, we stay extra on Fridays, so... How long did it take you before you got to those set hours? I would say like seven years because that was like in Houston. No, even like when we moved here, so eight years. Because at the beginning when we recently moved here, we were still like working extra, working a lot. I respect the hustle because it's that's not easy. Uh, I'm lying to you. Now I remember because this year, at the beginning, March and April were crazy. We have a lot of work with iHeartRave. Uh, we were working from like eight in the morning to one, two in the morning. Cause we had like, a, we have to order, order, next order, next order. And we have to deliver on time. So yeah, no, we're still <laughs> struggling with the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. I recently heard someone say that entrepreneurship is working nine to midnight, <laughs> yeah. not nine to five. It's nine to midnight and Even you just more. proved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, you wear a lot of hats, designer, social media, admin, pretty much everything. How do you stay mentally healthy? Uh, working out. That's what I'm doing now. Uh, I started working out September last year. And it has helped me a lot. Uh, this year, we skip April and March because it was fest- busy festival season. No, April and May because it is it was coming. But I tried to go at least three times a week. This week, we only went twice, but we tried to go three times. I say we because it's always me and Eric. <laughs> but we go 
at least three times a week. Usually I do on my schedule four days, but if we cannot make one day, I'm like, oh, it's okay, at least we went the other three. So that's not that bad. But I'm trying to go. That's how I like at least lifting weight. I feel good about it. I can release some stress at the gym. So that's how I stay, I think, mentally healthy. Yes. Um, and, you, you know, you're you're obviously very busy. You're working out to keep yourself healthy. How do you manage your time? Mm, well, now that we can do six, no, 8.30 to 6.30, then we go to the gym. So that's how we try to do it. And then we go to bed around 10. I don't, I try not to pass 10 because then next day I'm going to feel horrible. So I try to go 9.30, 10, I'm in bed. That's it. There is no, no change. And then we wake up like early again. Wow. And, you know, I know this is true because we have known <laughs> yeah. you for a while and you're very disciplined. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why you are a successful entrepreneurs because you have that discipline. I think a lot of people don't have that in them to continue going after something, um, even when it is super hard, even when your friends are bugging you to stay longer, <laughs> yeah. to hang out, you. <laughs> yeah, all these different sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I try to have my schedule because then that way I have my routine every day, like Monday through Friday, this is what I do and I don't change it. So maybe like I give myself a break on Saturday, and maybe a little bit on Sunday, but yeah, that's how like, because I feel like if I don't have a routine, then I don't know what to do. Like like something is missing. I didn't take my vitamins. I didn't take my protein shake or something. I don't know. Because I have like my little things to do like every day. Wow. Can you walk us through <laughs> um, the little things that you do every day, like your workflow? Or- so right now it's still kind of because we're doing we have been doing fasting, so it's, we're still like adjusting our time. But before it was like wake up at six, shower, breakfast go to the office, gym, and then bed. But right now, because we're like skipping breakfast and then we eat like around nine or 10, then we're still trying to adjust that time. So I'm still like trying to adjust. Yeah, but before it was like, then we will eat like the breakfast, then we will do the vitamins. I will do my tea with my collagen and meditate. So now it's a little bit like going all over the place. Oh, I love that you mentioned med- meditate. <clears throat> oh, I do. Yeah. Because uh, I, I do too. And I feel mm-hmm. like it helps so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do at least like five minutes. If we uh, we have time in the morning, we I try to do 10. But I try to do at least five. Sometimes I do three minutes. But <laughs> it, is, it is something. But no, I try to do five or 10 if I can every morning. Mm-hmm. That's good as an entrepreneur because I... F- I've heard that meditation helps a lot with focus. Mm -hmm. And as a small business owner, I think that focus is something that you just need constantly. Yeah, just to calm the mind, think nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about like um, your your day at work? Can you walk us through a day at Related Couture? Uh, Every day is different because I have to work on different things. But let's say last week that I was working on the new collection, I would get to the office around 8.39, check the computer. If I have something to tell to my virtual assistant, my graphic designer, if there was something for them, I will let them know. And then I will try to go to do the design and cut the pattern, try the pattern, the, not the pattern, try the design on, try to fix it and so on. But that's what I was doing this week. Sometimes I will be all day on the computer, just doing computer work thinking about the next thing, thinking about the email graphic, or some days I will do 
just social media all day. And it's, it depends. Every day is kind of different. Kind of depends on what the business needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My to-do list in my head. <laughs> oh, wow. And for your, uh, your virtual assistant and your graphic designer, um, how did you go about finding them? Ah, uh, online. I found them online. They apply. I did like a little interview with them. I like them and that's how we keep been working. It's been great. They both of them have been with us for one year already. So it's oh. been good. Yeah. Oh wow. So it was strictly so nice. through social media that you found them? Uh no, it's like uh those are freelance websites. Oh, okay, like mm-hmm. Fiverr or yeah, Upwork yeah, or something. They, they work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I've been going through some and it didn't work out, but with these two, it's it's been really good. So I need to keep them. (laughs) What would you say are the pros of having a virtual assistant? Ah, that he can do the things that I don't want to do. He's the only male guy besides Eric in the company. (laughs) It was funny because when he sent his, uh, how do you say, he submitted his application, he was like, I know I'm the only guy probably applying for this. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's let's chat with this person. He he sounds confident. And it's been really good. He helped me with whatever I don't want to do. He does it for me. I'm like, I need to do this. Can you help me? And he's like, okay, let's do it. Is it mainly um like admin work or uh, it's like admin like uh he helped me editing picture for after I do the fortune because I used to do that. So he does it now, he does everything that is with Shopify. Like everything on the website, uploading, writing the description, all that is the one doing it now. Because mm-hmm, I used to do it, but I didn't like it. It will take me hours because I will go like with, with so many details with the picture, like going back and forth with the colors. And now he's just the one doing it. Oh, wow. I didn't see. I didn't know virtual assistants could do that. I thought it was just a virtual assistant to help with customer service questions. I didn't realize. Yeah, it, it depends. Depends what you need. Like I say, sometimes I give him things that it wasn't on his job description. He's like, okay, I do it. Okay. Just because I ask, like, can you help me with this? And then he said yes, or he's doing all the projects. So he's not going to be able to do it. But usually he always says yes. <laughs> oh, wow. So it sounds like you've also gotten a lot of time back. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I don't have to worry about that. Those little things that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, does the same go for your graphic designer? Yeah. Because that was another thing that I was doing. I was doing the emails, but what I was doing, because I'm not a graphic designer, uh, I know very basic about Photoshop and all those things. So what I would do is go to Creative Market where you can buy like the template and then I will buy the template and do whatever I needed to do. But then I would spend hours trying to find the right template. So I was like wasting time just on Creative Market looking for things that I needed. And then making it. So now she's helping me a lot with that. Oh, I love that. I feel like outsourcing um, is something that can only help you Mm -hmm. get time back, but also expand. Yeah, because I still spend time letting them know what they need to do, what I need, what is my vision. But it's not like I'm there doing it myself. So I'm still like saving time on that. Those little things that I don't want to longer do. I'm trying to look for somebody now to edit my videos. So that's my future step. Oh, very nice. Is there anything in your business that you automate, for example? Mm, like, no, I don't think. Um, like, for example, like, but um, I know with Instagram, at least you can automate certain responses. Mm, I used to do that, but uh, now because 
now I'm just doing it at the like at 12. Oh, I need to pause. Let me see what I look. But I used to like sit down and do the schedule thing. I don't know why I haven't doing it again. I don't know. But I need to go back for it. Yeah, yeah and I, I know I know that will definitely save time. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And what would you say, Rosa, is your secret boss sauce to running your company? Um be patient, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. What would we be? Hmm. Or what would you say to younger Rosa who was just starting out? Oh, then focus, keep working, keep doing the routine. People like what you do. You're doing great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're creative. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm very creative. Yeah. And I think yeah, everyone needs to hear like mm -hmm. those positive affirmations. If, if not from someone else, at least you telling it to yourself. Yeah. No, I try to remember my to remind myself when I'm feeling down like I got this I need to keep going and uh, this is my dream this is the thing that I want to do and I'm doing great I love that it's like that saying believe you can and you're halfway there yeah yeah that's true mm -hmm. I agree <laughs> well Rosa you have given us so much valuable information today I learned a lot keep talking to you but drop where everyone can find you um if they want to connect or purchase related couture so all my social media everything is rolita couture i'll link all of that in the show notes so everybody can come find you yes. thank you so much rosa for being on the boss sauce and we'll see you next time everybody <laughs>